Hello, and welcome to Waiting for Game, a podcast presented by Melee Stats. I am your host, Gaming.Wheat, and we are back again. Uh, I know I did promise in our last episode that we'd be back uh, last week, but um, our good friend Edwin Budding, he was on a little bit of a trip. He is in the, not the Great White North, because that's Canada, but he was in another Great White North country. Um but, uh, but we've got an episode today. We've got an episode. We're going to talk about SmashCon. We're going to talk about Shine. Uh, you know, we are we are kind of in the thick of, of the, the dog days of summer, dog days of summer of Smash, and we've got a lot of Smash to talk about. So uh, we have a, we've got a really great guest here. We've got someone who I, I think like one of the more interesting personalities in Melee, definitely a, like a, a, a personality that like a lot of people latch onto, and a figure that is um, in recent times challenging gender norms and i'm of course talking about my good friend edwin budding hello edwin what's going on we i'm so happy to be here I was, i'm happy to represent america on the show you know me the big, great big patriot uh i'm really happy to be talking to you about melee uh, i i feel like we just have so much to catch up on we have so much to talk about coming up and i'm really happy yes, that yes. zamu is here to join us to to talk about melee and celebrate girl Monster. yeah someone has to someone has to represent masculinity in the scene true it's not me and it's not me it's not Adam, no, that's no, for sure. no chances of me and uh to pull back the curtain it's not our producer jdmh <laughs> we usually don't re- reference him uh but when you when you talk about how there's no masculinity i think it's important to bring him up anyway zamu we have you here it's a week after, uh, or an episode after Zuppy, so we are moving ourselves up the the ladder um, alphabetically from from last to hopefully uh, Zane is next. <laughs> uh, I doubt it, but but it's always good to have you. Um, so we have a little bit to catch up on. We did not have a SmashCon reca- uh, recap episode, so we have to talk about that. We have to talk about Shine, obviously. These are events that you uh, you went to SmashCon, you went to Shine. So I want to ask you, Zamu. We hung out there a little bit. Not to brag, but um, what was your Smash Con experience like, and and how do you view the tournament as a tournament? Because this is something where it's been one of the biggest tournaments in terms of pure entrance for Melee for a while. Obviously, Ultimate's been like their biggest tournament, their premier tournament. But as we go into next year, where where there's no shine, um, it's kind of expected that Smash Con is going to take a larger role as like the premier august major the premier summer major um so what are your what were your experiences here and what were your thoughts on the series itself yeah so the line that i kept saying all of SmashCon, every time anything didn't run perfectly or anytime i was moderately annoyed about the event i just kept or anytime anyone was was annoyed because there were a lot of like little hiccups nothing would seem too crazy bad but it wasn't great um i just kept saying it is called SmashCon. It is not called Smash Tournament. So mm-hmm. do not expect it to be a good tournament. And, like, it's fine. There's a lot of people there. And this time, there's, the setups were there for, like, the whole time, which was great. That was my biggest complaint with SmashCon however many years back I went. Um, but I think it's, like, it's a it's kind <laughs> of an annoying tournament. In my, in my two times going there, neither time was I like, ah, what a great tournament. Um, and I don't care about the con, and I think people that I think that's the common sentiment between all, like among almost all the melee competitors that I talk to, they're all like, "Well, it's kind of like just not it. the The effort is not meant to necessarily go into making the melee tournament amazing, and that's mm-hmm. fine. But it does feel that way. 
It is a really interesting event. This is my first time going, um, actually. I was supposed to go last year, but tummy issues happened, and I decided to stay home. And then the second I decided to stay home, I watched Wally beat Zane. So I thought that it was the universe is telling me I made the right decision. But yeah, I went to this one, and uh, I did kind of go into it. Yeah, like you're saying, I went to it with really low expectations. Um, I obviously think that like having a big tournament this size and, and in a region that um, especially after VGBC has not really been running tournaments this year uh, in a region that's not really represented with big tournaments. I think it's really great, but I would be lying if I said that I like went into this with the expectations I go into Genesis or Big House or Gommel or Shine or whatever with. I um, was not expecting it to be the same and I came out like pretty pleasantly surprised in some aspects. And like you said, yeah, I think there are some places where like it is very clear that this is not... Um, their main focus is not a tournament and and like nothing is more clear than like how many people there are and how so many, many children there are like if, if anything they are suffering from success and I, I think that yeah you have a very good outlook on it as that like there are a lot of times that it was very apparent to me that like the problems that this tournament is running into are like pretty uniquely smashcom problems um i was working the tournament so uh, I had a lot of people come up to me and ask, where do they borrow controller so they can play? And I was like, damn, that is a question that I would not get asked at like every other tournament. And and that's obviously like, a good thing, right? It's more people in the scene. Um, but like, yeah, walking around the tournament, you'll see a lot of people in cosplay. You'll see a lot of children. Uh, you'll see a lot of things that you normally would not see at a tournament. And, and I think for that reason, you're right. It is kind of like straddling the line between con and tournament. And it's, a little bit of both, and I think that, like, yeah, if there's any cons to, to if there's any cons to the con, it's probably the fact that it is like so much of a convention and also a tournament at the same time, and it's not really picking a lane. But I mean, I don't know. I I, I enjoy myself, Edwin. You've never been to SmashCon, right? No, I, I've never gone this year. This year, I was tempted to go, but I I had already given my my word to Taraz earlier that I would go to Festa if it happened again. So when it happened again. I went to Festa over in the land of public transportation, uh, nice walkable roads, healthcare, and a lot of waiting in line. But queuing, a, queue, yeah, queuing, <laughs> there we go. Queuing tickets, don't don't get me started on that. That queuing tickets, you, you see this flag that I'm wearing here? That single-handedly made me want to, you know, like carry around the big red, white, and blue everywhere I went into uh, ah, the Norwegian uh, flag. Yeah, the Norwegian <laughs> flag. And to defeat every uh, strong European player I, I could find. But, but yeah, I mean, no, that, you're American. I think the free free you would uh, would kneel down to you. But um, yeah, yeah, like well, I want to hear about your experiences there. But also, before we get to that, what are your thoughts on SmashCon as someone who's never gone, right? From the outside looking at I do think that they're not viewed as like the cool kids, right? It's not... No. Like, obviously, BTS, something like that, where, where, like, had a very good reputation. And I, I don't think that SmashCon has been afforded that same reputation as something like Mainstage, which is, like, an objectively smaller tournament. Look, it's, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's like Zamu said. It's it's in the title. This is a convention. It's meant to be for people to go with their, their families or go check out and, like, learn things about Smash and have, have a good time. It's not built for the competitive experience or the ideal competitive experience of mine for, like, Late Bracket. And for that matter, I would add that it's... Um, <laughs> And this is a very selfish complaint to me, but you know, I was trying to watch this tournament. There, there we had internet on, on the island and everything. And I'm just gonna say, a lot of just classic sets are lost to time <laughs> for from the melee side because they were busy streaming all this other shit. And it was, <laughs> it was on GameCubes. It was on GameCubes. It was on GameCubes, which also resulted in like more, like 
1.03 setup stuff and mm. the, like just like little that. stuff like that and there's just no slippy files and it's like whatever i think that's a fine it's like a fine compromise to make to not get like shot in the head by nintendo instead you just get like shot in the foot or something it's chill i also but, heard that kador and aklo uh they accidentally played a set with frozen stadium and that yeah. stream and then declined to replay it it was on the side stream yeah it's yeah, this, this is out there uh, so it, yeah. So it, is, so it is on record that they played on Frozen State. Yeah, we talked to Kadoran about it after, and he was just like, ah, uh, yeah, like when it was like six minutes and 30 seconds in, I was wondering why it wasn't transforming. And obviously, the Marth player is not going to say anything, but I guess, no, you know, of course if, not. <laughs> like, I was, yeah, I was like, my guys have been talked to the wrong person. But uh, no, they, 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 neither of them really cared. And I think it's one of those things, like, it's super obvious. I think if that's the case, if you play that out, um, it's obviously easy to forget, like, if, you know, maybe. Especially if a lot of the tournaments best of three up until that point, you might not remember. You might not be playing on stadium a lot if you're a Fox player, right, necessarily. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a little bit of a fuck-up, but, like, we've had bigger ones in tournaments yeah. before. So. And, and I want to be clear. Like, because it's SmashCon, I'm not expecting it to be the prime... Uh stream experience for a melee spectator right this is something mm -hmm. that's clearly you know they're going to stream all the major grand fi finals of, of the other games i had a blast catching up on what happened with 64 personally just yeah. a, lot, a lot of really cool stories isaiah winning a super major a ton of J Jap japanese players doing well you know boom coming back and playing his new characters and everything 64 was fun i i did hear that brawl ran an incredibly long time Ugh. which I, which i think is funny because you would think that's part of the plan right like that that you know surely they have this time dedicated for brawl uh just so that they you know the best case scenario is that i have extra time to set up melee that clearly did not happen so i me six hours ahead or whatever i was a little pissed about it but yeah. i understand that i am not the audience spectator wise or entrant wise for SmashCon. if it comes back next year i still want to go to experience the variety content and all the different things there. Um, I, I tuned into the Smashies for whatever it's worth. Or, or I didn't tune into it live, but I, I caught up with it after the fact. Um, seemed, seemed fun. I heard that the, the bar, there was like a bar or something or like a basic yeah. place where people hung out after the event or when they weren't like, you know, sweaty gaming in the venue yeah. or whatever. So, you know what? I I want to say that if, if I went to SmashCon, um, I want not let me put it this way i i would want to go to the event i would not mm -hmm. go into it expecting it to be a shine which i think is the is the total polar opposite of the event but i think SmashCon fulfills its role in the community i think it's i think it's fine i think it's a fun event yeah um i want to get back to the bar real quick because i need to hear zamu's I, I was there for some of the zamu stories but i need these to be relayed to the public um but but really quickly yeah i don't know it smash con's an interesting event i think that it is good that we have an event that caters to um people like who are in the area because if you think about it the majority of people who go to these tournaments maybe not the majority but like a very huge number of the people who go to, to like genesis probably flew there probably are not local um i could not say that's the case for smash con i think that smash con more than any other major tournament um, is so represented by the community of people there. It's a lot of just like, oh, yeah, it's like a thing to do on the weekend for your families there. And while that might not be, you know, simpatico with our debaucherous uh, leftist uh, evil demonic lifestyles that we choose to live, it is very cool that we have an event that, that still caters to that. And also, um, 
you know, in the wake of, of the final shine, like I, I'm not going to be coy. It's cool that we have an event that obviously makes money. Um, like going to the future, we've seen a lot of events that have not been making money and have since had to shut down. Um, I don't really know SmashCon's books. Can't say I do. However, it was clear from being there that it is a popular, well-attended tournament. Uh, and so if there's anything to make money, I bet it's it's them. Um, I know that... Uh, I think that they're going to be on a good path. I worked the event, but like I'm down to say if it if it sucks shit. But I, I think that like this was probably a transition year because they got a lot of good people on really quickly. Like I know Mikey started working the event um, in like August. <laughs> uh, and... and Gallant Gaming got brought on in late July, so, and I and I was asked to work it also in August, like really, really close to the event. Um, so I, I think that if you bring on, like they're bringing on the right people. I think yeah. Deer is a great person to bring on. Mikey's a great person to bring on to make the like the the experience there great. Deer obviously has a lot of good ideas on how to run stuff. Um, they're both w very well versed in running very well liked majors. I think if they get brought on with enough runtime to to like make big decisions on schedule and stream schedule and stuff like that. I don't think there's a reason why we start like why we keep viewing smash gun as the lame major. Yeah. Uh, anyway, oh uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, well, I was, I was one. just going to say that I think I felt like almost every, none of the problems of the event were due to this, like the people running melee. It was yeah. all, all, all of that was like done really well it, it was like it's like it it's not it's not mikey or deer's fault that my pool didn't have enough chairs for <laughs> for doubles and one of the setups yeah. was on 1.03 and like the pool captain was a, a volunteer from ultimate that like didn't really know what was going on because like there weren't enough melee volunteers it's like that's not that is not like the to's like the melee people's fault yeah for sure and so, and so, like, because with all things considered, it ran very solidly, which is good because yeah. when tournaments run bad. I think they had the right people who were kind of running off someone else's playbook, right? A lot of this, they came in and these these things are already kind of set. Um, I think that if they, the people who they have running it, like, who ran it this year have decisions and how it gets run uh, before everything kind of gets finalized, then, yeah, I, I think that would be a really good tournament. I think that the stuff like... You know, kind of the, the thing that kind of, like, made the tournament shitty, which is scheduling, planning, game cubes. I think that stuff like that could be fixed. Um, that being said, I went to the tournament. I thought it was going to be kind of lame. I was not expecting much of it, and I thought it was going to be this little stopgap that I just work it. It's, you know, it's a little bit of a payday, and then I go to Shine to have fun. Um, I had a blast. I, I it, it was all extracurricular, of course, but um, I had a really great time and part of that was because there's a great atmosphere there and uh yeah zamu how did you enjoy yourself after the tournament oh so after the <laughs> tournament maybe it's what like 3 p.m on saturday um just lost to asashi immediately mm -hmm. i'm just like off stream off stream thanks thank bro God. um walking around angry i see mango and i'm like mango do you know where like a bar is or where i can get a drink he was like oh you need a power up and i was like no i need to drown my sorrows he was like ah yeah uh the um two amigos next door has a bar and i was like oh duh yeah thanks and so immediately go there drink a little bit and i was like 
no one was there. The bar, it was just me. And then a few minutes later, Trail walked in. And so then I drank with Trail, and that, that, was, that was nice. Um, but I feel like after the tournament, after Sunday, um, Sunday was good this year. So I actually went climbing with my sister Sunday morning because she lives in D.C., and I hadn't seen her since, like, Christmas. So that was super cool. Um, and then I came back and played Melee, of course, which I was able to do, which I was not able to do the previous SmashCon. <laughs> the previous SmashCon that I was at, the setups were long gone, like, right, like, whenever Melee Top 8 started, there were, like, all the setups were gone. Um, so that's sick, because we all love gaming. Um, but, yeah, so Sunday night is a bit of a blur, but, um, uh, so, I leave the venue eventually. I'm bored. I'm like, maybe I'll find people to hang out with. And I was like, kind of walking over to Two Amigos to go drink alone again. Um, when I'm there, I see across the way someone whose hair I, I could recognize from a distance. I'm like, that's Malachi and a big group of people in the parking lot. Um, so, I, so I walked over to see what was up. Did not know a single person there except Malachi. But smoked a little weed with him. And then I was like, Very well, Malachi experience. Yep, yep, yep. And I was like, well, what now? So then I walk back to the venue. Because what else am I going to do? And I run into Deer and Clem. And they're like, hey, Zamu, we're going to the brewery. You want to come? I was like, yes. And so then we went to the brewery. Where? Mm -hmm. Give me that wheat. Was there. Hello. And... It was a cool place. And then from there, do we we went back to the venue. And then you guys go back to the venue. I do not. You I'm don't. Like, yes, I'm, yes, yes. I said I don't know what you guys are going to do at the venue. I'm not watching Ultimate. I'm cutting my losses. I'm going to sit in my bed. Honestly, a theoretically good call. And so yeah, so so Wheat goes back and then um, back to his his hotel. Um, I go back to the venue with. Walt and Deer and Deer and Clem and I I I don't know I don't know I know I know Walt drove drove the car, um, but go back to the venue, which is really to go to the Hooters, which is nearby. Now now all of a sudden I'm in this Hooters. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just like 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 existing trailing people and like okay. So then we're at Hooters. All of a sudden, there's some pool party brought up, and <laughs> yeah. um, then we go there. And so while there, I don't know if I would before then. I was kind of looking for people to wrestle. I was trying to fight, um, and so so while I was there, I, I I was asking a lot of people. I would just kind of so so how how I lead is I just kind of go up to someone who looks like they could be a fun opponent. I'm like, hey, how much do you weigh? <laughs> and then normal question yeah very normal question and and okay so sparkin med is the one person who defeated me in our wrestling match um and he so at the at the party i i asked him and he he looks very strong i asked him I'm like how much do you weigh he's he's immediately like around 150 within 30 seconds his estimate gets down to 136 <laughs> um, 
it, it was it was very funny. I wish I remembered more of how that happened. But I was like, I was like, you do not look like you weigh one fifty. He's like, maybe like one forty, one forty five. I was like, I weigh one thirty. I'm trying. I'm thinking with like whether or not we'd be a, a good wrestling match. It's like I had probably one thirty six. Um, and so like that was like a an idea. Didn't didn't really wasn't coming to fruition. Oh, the wrestling there wasn't wrestling at the party. Nah, I was just drinking, having fun. Um, and but then we depart from the party. Oh, I wasn't even gonna leave. I wasn't even gonna leave. I was signed up, signed up for a crew battle. There was gonna be a crew battle crew with battle a bunch of happen, people. Man. Yeah, a bunch of a bunch of people are like gonna be in this crew battle. All my stuff is in Walt's car because I didn't want to lose it. So I was like, please just make sure you find me before you go. It's like, I'm going. I was like, all right, I'll go grab my stuff. Go to the car, get in to kind of like grab all my stuff. I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to get out of the car. Like I could just stay. So all of a sudden I'm in the car going back to two amigos. We got an hour before last call. So, um, go there and keep drinking. And I, whenever I drink and honestly, whenever I'm sober, I just want to like run around and like exercise and so like at at the party there was a pull-up bar there was actually a whole workout room but that but i forgot to go back in it after i found it i was so excited to find it um because i was just i had instantly when i entered the house entered the basement actually not even whenever i walked onto the property i was looking for a place to do pull-ups could not find yeah. one and then i asked you, you asked like i me geo you were hanging out and you asked us you're just like you guys can just like uh you know lift weights while i'm doing pull-ups like you just wanted someone there I, I did i just wanted someone to join me um but then i forgot about it and now all of a sudden at two amigos boom a lot of people were all drinking and um so i just started like asking people if they want to wrestle um i wrestled three people one of them i do not remember his name his name might have been mark but maybe not and then beeman and then spark and met um, and I, I, I was like, I was trying to wrestle Mango, but he was like, he was like, no. I was like, how much do you weigh? It's like, I, actually, I tried to wrestle Geo first, and he's like, no, I weigh 190. I was like, okay. Um, I has Mango, and he's like, also no. Um, but yeah, so I wrestled people. Um, it was so much fun, and so that's kind of my, my current. That's why SmashCon was, Smash was so fun. It was so fun. Tournament, terrible. Hate it. Like, not, not the tournament in terms of how it was ran or anything. My tournament was terrible. My controller, I had problems. I, it, that shit all sucked. And it could have been one of the, my worst tournament weekends. But luckily, I happened to run into Deer and Glem randomly. <laughs> and you got to wrestle people. Yes. I'm going to be so part. disappointed if I don't get to wrestle anyone at Shine. Edwin? How much do you I'm, weigh? Uh, like 160. All right, uh, He's bulking up, yeah. You're bulking up to try to get away from Zamu. <laughs> no, I'm actually trying to lose weight, but that's very funny. It's very funny. <laughs> I'll, see, I'll see what I can do in the next few four days. I'll just wait. When we hang out tomorrow and this weekend, I'm just don't be surprised if I'm just gorging on more food than <laughs> the normal. Yeah. <laughs> you have, like, stones in your pocket just in case Zamu comes around with a, with a scale. Yeah, yeah. That would be a no, funny no. thing for me to start bringing to a tournament. It's just like <laughs> scale. You like, well, you know, when you're talking to someone, especially at these cons where it's like a huge open space, like it can be in the venue, 
Um, I remember like day one, uh, it was just a group of people. And then suddenly we started like shifting backwards. I didn't even realize it, but just like talking and kind of like walking just a little, like your, your feet move. And then suddenly you're a couple inches backwards. I think you put a scale behind someone. You start talking to them and just like inch them backwards. Yeah. They don't even know. Anyway, Edwin, what are your thoughts on SmashCon now after this story? Has it changed? <laughs> uh, no, not not really. I don't think my, my thoughts on SmashCon mm. changed at all, but my thoughts on Zamu's experience at SmashCon being preserved, uh, of like having the fun value, the not regretting going to the event or anything, it, it does it fills me with happiness and gives me hope for the for the future. I'm glad that you were able to find something in the the you know, every event kind of has its own little like web of different people and relationships that you have to navigate in different locations where where things happen and i'm glad that you managed to find that at this event uh after being at a low point yeah every time i lose i don't know if this is necessary maybe not every time i lose very often when i lose i would love i've never been punched in the face actually but <laughs> i would love nothing more than someone just to punch me in the head as hard as they can and um that's like how I feel after, like whenever I lose, especially in losers, especially if it's a set that I like, am disappointed in myself. I'm just like, someone I would lo- I would love to fight someone. Mostly I want to get hit, but but it would be fun to fight. So it's like may as well may as well do both. But yeah, so then it's like gotta find someone to wrestle. Took me 24 hours, but we you want to get hit. You're not mad if you hit someone. <laughs> You wouldn't turn down hitting someone. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't want to. I don't. I, yeah, don't I guess navigate this. Navigate this one. Uh, I want to. I want a a an enjoyable, safe, consensual. Re- yeah. Or re- well, that's why wrestling's nice. It's hard. It's way harder to like hurt yourself wrestling or hurt someone wrestling. Um, but I mean, I find me at a low point. Yeah, I will bare knuckle box. For sure. Well, you're going to shine. Uh, any of the listeners, if you uh, if Zamu does really well, maybe maybe it's wrestling. If Zamu fortunately does poorly, then uh, maybe it's a bare knuckle box. I uh, I say go as long as you know with the knowledge of what you're getting into, go for it. Um, that being said, so we we talked a lot about the experience of SmashCon, which I I think is really fun to talk about because you know I uh, think a lot of the feelings that people in melee have is that it's like not really a profoundly fun tournament but it's so it's always good to hear like the stories that can happen there it's like i don't know it's i i believe that it is going to be a bigger part of smash as we kind of go into next year so i think that it's it's good to hear these things but um it was also a tournament <laughs> as much as it was a con as it was experience it also was a tournament and this is a tournament that had a lot of top players here um jay mook obviously or you know notably absent plop obviously absent um uh, leffin uh, pulled his I just won Evo in a different game card and did not go. Um, but we had a lot of the top talent here. And, uh, you know, as something that's been coming more and more likely, this resulted in a Zane win. And, um, Edwin, what do you think about Zane's win here? Where do I start? Crazy he went down 0 2 versus H Box. <laughs> I, I believed. I, think, I believe. Yeah, I think uh, 
so Grand Finals is very fun, very, very silly, but e extremely fun. It's different than your typical Zane Hungrybox set. I'll, 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 I'll sure. give the both of them that. Um, yeah, I mean, just a pretty, pretty dominant showing. He beat Cody again, which is, which is very good. I would consider Cody. There's probably about like three people that he could beat at a tournament, and I would be, maybe not surprised, but that I think are is a significant step forward. Like I think beating Cody, like Cody Amsa Jmook, if he beats one of those three, I think it's a it's a step forward and it's head to heads against them and like a notably good thing. Damn, Leffen Erasure. Well, Leffen's not around, so <laughs> but 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 yeah, I, I think Rude. like getting a getting one on Cody's very good. With you know, withstanding Hungry Box for the eight millionth time is, is great, even if expected. And the way that it happened this time was pretty entertaining. Beating Moku again, pretty solid. You know, it, it, it's funny though. Zane's win obviously is getting the headlines, but uh, when SmashCon was happening, and you know, when I was watching it and talking about it with with other people at Festa and everything, one of the common, uh, you know, occurring things that I kept bringing up, and I like to think that people agreed with me on this, and that they weren't secretly just annoyed that I kept saying this all the time. I mean, they probably were, but who cares? Uh, <laughs> and one of the things I kept saying, I thought top thirty-two was very interesting in how cursed it was. It really felt that that every possible scenario of a set where I wanted someone to win, they ended up losing. And every possible scenario of someone I wanted to win, like winning, it happened in a really cursed way. And in every set that felt like good versus evil, it always felt like evil came up on top. It was really impressive, just the, the consistent amount of like, this consistent lack of hope that that kept you know rearing its head throughout top 32 i mean i i can just like look at the, some of these results for instance but like i think that um i think that mech beating billy bo peep is a pretty pretty good instance of you know there not being hope in the world um i think that mech just getting ninth here in general like no yeah, no <laughs> you could see take that as shade but uh gannon shouldn't be getting that close to top eight yeah, Mech bringing Mango to Game Five, and maybe maybe oh. the most fraudulent Game Five of all time, just based on how the set was going. Zuppy um, losing to Dockley on FD, and then suddenly destroying Kadoran in a, on that stage and losers for ninth stage. Just a very uh, just a very bizarre res result. It, it felt like that throughout Top Thirty Two, we were just brought in like a portal to this like Eldritchian realm. Where these things with no rhyme or no reason would happen, and when you wanted something, when you when you were looking for hope, it just never really came to you. And then to top it off, what I thought was the most interesting part of the event in the top eight was Hargy Box's out of nowhere run through losers. Where and you know the the grand final set was very silly, but the way he played against Moki and Co Cody Schwab was really quite impressive. This is a hungry box I have not seen in a long time. And, and I will say that there's usually two kinds of hungry, like just being fully transparent here. When hungry box wins, there's usually two kinds of ways he wins, right? The first kind of way is very unsatisfying. Like he holds shield on a, on a side platform for like seven minutes or he just ledge camps. It doesn't really work, but it wastes a lot of time. And then he goes back to playing the game or he goes back to ledge camping, but he does it badly, but he still somehow wins. And then there's a second kind of H-Box win where he's actually, like, like his edge guarding is on point. He's actually, like, kind of playing the game. He's still camping and playing defense, but it's kind of interesting. Like, he's playing smart defense. Like, he's he's playing, he's it's sort of like turtle play, but it's, it's like, proactive, like, interactive turtle play. There's a lot of defense in the game where it's still, like, very good, interesting melee. And, mm. and H-Box does that a lot. 
Yeah, and he did that but a lot. It's in, so lame. Yeah, he. I mean, I mean, even when it is the the way he was doing it at this event was way more interesting. Awesome. Yeah, it was interesting and like effective. What I can't stand is like when he gets a stock lead and he sits on the ledge and planks badly for two minutes, loses his lead, and then goes back to playing the game. That's the. That's what I can't stand. That's the. That's a hungry box. When I, when I watch him play, I get really annoyed, and I under, and I'm like, what? Are you, like this this guy is wasting our time. But when he's playing like the way he did against Cody and Moki, I mean, it's it's a completely different player than the, than the one that we've frankly seen yeah. through the majority of this year. I barely I barely watched like any of those sets as they were happening because I was just like playing friendlies. But I always tried to like be at an angle where I could see. I swear, every time I looked at the screen during an H box set, I was like. Wow, Hbox's execution was so good there. I've not mm. it's like and that's not usually like the thing you think of with with Puff or Hbox. <laughs> no, it's all. like, wow, that was such an incredible like like there was one Edgeguard he did versus Cody where it's like that was just like so perfect in every way. The fast fall is perfect, the drift is perfect, the timing on the aerial. I'm like fine, I'll say it. Hbox really good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we we talked about it on the show. We had a uh, an article on Monday Morning Marth where we we kind of got into at the beginning of the year, at the beginning of twenty twenty three, we got into how many people are going to win majors, and I forget my exact number, um, but I said I was like, I think you got to account for Hbox getting one. Like, I think no matter how you feel about Hbox, and no matter how good you think he is, no matter how bad you think he is, like you have to account for the uh, fact that he will turn it on at some point. Um, and this was definitely the closest to it. Uh, you know, Justin Dark Gen X was in my ear for a while, telling me Hbox was going to win. Um, it was right after he accepted the Smashy for something, uh, and then said that he's feels like Green ranked eight is too low. Uh, Dark Gen X just went, "He's winning Smash Cop," and I said, "No, he isn't. No, he isn't." <laughs> but uh, it was made it close. True, he didn't win. Uh, but but yeah, I mean, it was very clear difference. And and I'm gonna bring up. Uh, so I got to watch top eight with uh, with Mikey the chief because we were I don't know making sure nothing blew up, but uh, I saw Zuppy and Hbox their first set. They got up there, and I just went Riz Gap. I unfortunately hate to say it, sorry Blake. There was a Riz Gap. His uh, Hbox's confidence was just off the charts in in the sets that we saw of him in top eight. He looked. Um, I mean, it's like composure is one thing. Uh, that's obviously a lot of players like Zane's composed, right? Uh, Hbox is never like the best. Hbox is never composed, and yeah. and it's actually bad if he seems composed, probably because he's like a really boisterous guy, and he was he was doing this, right? He was doing this entire thing. You watch him; he was fucking popping off. Um, I think Zuppy brings him to f- Stadium twice because yeah. it was three zero, and the first game on Stadium, I t- I leaned over to Mikey and I said. I don't think it transformed. <laughs> I don't think it, I didn't see a transformation. I think he just beat him in a minute and a half. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's like, you know, Hbox is playing so well. And this is this type of thing where like, it begs the question, is this a flip that he just gets to, or a switch that he can flip? Or is this going to be something that we see more of? Or is this kind of just like the one thing that we see before he goes back to, not doing this anymore like we even saw it in grand finals right he looked um obviously game one he looked pretty good versus a in game two there were some interesting little things but he he took the win like he took the win in both games um and then game three he loses and he does not know what to do 
he sits on the counter pick stage or the the stage selection for a little bit. Ends up picking he picks Pokemon, right? He picks Pokemon, insane, loses, and then literally has to be told by a TO to pick a stage because he spends about 90 seconds thinking about where to counterpick Zane game five before I ended up going to Dreamland. This is just like, it is so insane seeing HBox do this at all, but it was so insane with the context of this guy going through his demons with the confidence that we've seen from him at all his major runs, right? It was this thing that we haven't seen in such a long time. He's always a confident guy, right? But, you know, you watch him play versus Cody, and sometimes he's just, like, mentally out of it, and you can kind of tell Cody's has the better of him. He didn't look like this. He didn't look like this versus Moki versus Zuppy versus... Like, Doc Lee, I don't want to get into it. But, but like, he, he had such utter confidence uh, through his play the entire time and then we end it by him. He, like, literally doesn't know. He's like, where do I take Zane? Where do I lose to Zane? Um, and, like, we can talk about the rest if we want to. But, like, yeah, Edwin, what do you what do you take from how this run ended? Because it, it to, seemed emphatically different than how it I need to. Went. I need to get something immediately out of the way. I, I cannot hold this in. And, you know, <laughs> this is not something that I can let go of. I need to share it with the world that it is insane. I am telling you as a Marth player, I... I'm not a master of Marth versus Puff, but I happen to know like a little bit I, I, how stage selection works. It is unhinged that Hungrybox started on FD and counterpicked him to Stadium. It is so crazy. Those are two stages that like Marth wants to go there. It just does. Like I can see there are certain things that he might convince himself are good in the matchup for him on those two stages versus battlefield or anywhere else yeah especially with transformations on maybe but like it's just i am telling you it just it made no sense to me and the crazy thing is in spite of it making no sense to me the the way that game four almost like game four there were two opportunities for like a i, I believe like a platform tech chase rest that would have won hbox a set so it is wild that hbox played so well that in spite of undermining himself on the stage select screen for two games he almost won the set like it is very yeah. possible that if he plays very well and he play and he takes him to dreamland game four he might win that like it's let alone the, the fact that he beat him on fd which is insane <laughs> which it's, has been regularly wild. zane's like count that's one of first his, counter yeah, it's, pick it's, it's, fairly yeah, often it's very good against Puff. yeah like, it was very like, funny. yeah you can you can run into problems like if, if you don't get a a setup on the, like if i could just explain for a second because it's yeah, it's yeah. so mind-blowing to me like like yeah if puff gets a lead i guess like without platforms to maneuver around or like or like having having like even just like threatening her from a different spot is, is a bit different when you're doing it on the ground versus like when you have the platforms around you but the but still like when when you have jigglypuff in a disadvantage like in, in your marth this is like one of the few characters that can actually like kind of catch her coming down or like contest her drift or position himself in a way to like where she like doesn't have options to like find a favorable spot. Like it is a really like I'm not saying it's unwinnable, but it's like very clearly Marth favor in my in my opinion. So it's just Hbox yeah. would agree. It's it's my I, I don't know what what was going through his head. I I, I can't understand the the decision making process of Clutch God. I just I don't get it. There I would love to say two things about Hbox real quick. First of all, so. I do not think that he will replicate the success that he had at SmashCon for the rest of the year because I do not think he will have as conducive of an environment for himself the rest of the year. Yeah. 
Hbox beating Zuppy. It's so quick. Every up throw, up air, tech trap, rest, getting the loudest cheers you've ever heard. It's, and I and I I will say that also Hbox really deserves it. I I'm glad that he is getting a chance to like get loud cheers for doing like the easiest shit because he 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 went through it for years. He got a crab thrown at him. He he he's been heckled. People have said he's gotten death threats. He, he people have been very mean. So it's like it's pretty nice that he is like getting this now. And if if it goes on for like two or three more years, I'll be mad though. Um, but like he he deserves it right now. But it's just like I don't think that that full. Hbox has a lot of fans now. People love watching him play, and I love watching him play. Like I think everyone really enjoyed watching him play at SmashCon. But it never used to. You never used to be like the under the super underdog versus Hbox. Get rested, and the venue blow up hype that Hbox is beating you. Never and. I, that's just not going to happen again at a tournament to the same extent as at SmashCon. Um, and then the other thing I want to say is that I love that Hbox is on his spacey player arc. He's like, he's like, Marth, Marth is just, you just can't beat Marth. I don't know. I don't know. It's the controller. There's something in Zane's controller. He's dweening. His uh, his OEM with a pillow. I think there's uh, something in it. Shout out to Spark if you want Samu. if you want your own Zane controller. Spark. I think it's up. I think it's really interesting that you, that you mentioned the the unique atmosphere of SmashCon because I'm not I wasn't there so I can't attest to what you're saying but I will say this is something I've brought up on the show especially with regards to being at an event in the current era. Uh, what what I've noticed what what you bring up is that you know that. So the massive amount of fans that Hungrybox has, and the the mass amount, you know, whether it's alt kids or anyone else, just his his influence has garnered him a, a large fandom that you can witness in person. So to me, I go to other events and I see this and I think, wow, times have changed. Like this is really just like the standard now. But yeah. what it sounds like that you're saying is that even if that may be the standard now. That the specific environment of SmashCon yeah. is like that on stage, like yeah. even more than the, which is crazy to me. I can't imagine that. And I think Zuppy did a bad job. So I don't. Zuppy generally doesn't play with headphones on and things like that. I think that even players that like, if they're like a player that's just like, yeah, I don't play with headphones. I think it's worth like assessing the <laughs> situation because I think I think Zuppy kind of kind of lost. Just like I don't. He he lost before it started. He didn't. He just wasn't, it didn't seem like he was kind of, and maybe it's like, he's like, he made top eight, now he's to play Hbox, whatever, maybe maybe he's not like all in it. But he, he I don't think he gave himself a chance to be all in it, um, because you either need to be so, like, sure in your ability to, to have Hbox stomping next to you, and the crowd erupting, while, and the commentary... The players could hear the commentary to some extent because um, it's through the whole mm-hmm. venue, and it's like you really need to kind of shape your environment the best you can to be as good for you as you can. And so I think like like I feel like Zuppy should have worn headphones at the very least. Um, and then it's like I feel like he went into each game really quick, things like that. Um, and it it just it just looked so rough. And it snowballed from there, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> yeah, no. Um, I think you're you're completely right in terms of environment. I don't think Hbox is going to find one that's more friendly to him. But also, like he's 
he's thrived in environments that aren't friendly to him, so we will see if yeah. that continues in the future. But uh, but yeah, I mean, Edwin, let me tell you, if Zane wasn't from like how like twenty minutes away or however close he lived, if he wasn't that local, Hbox was by far the favorite. It wasn't Mango. Wow. It yeah. was. It was not Moki. Um, even the re- that really even what I'm used to that by really loud far. guy who kept yelling for Cody. Even that wasn't enough. It was Hbox would be the favorite if Zane was not from Northern Virginia. That's like I cannot spell it out clear, which is insane, right? Like that is just the environment. And there's how they got like 2,600 ultimate players. Um, you've got a lot of casuals there. This is the environment that he thrives in. But you know, this is like is this the spark? We we I guess we don't know because we won't see him at Shine. He's not currently signed up for Riptide. There's not a ton of opportunities in the near future for him to continue this. So, so we will see. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, it's tough. It's tough. How do you assess Hbox right now? Because he is a player who, like, when I looked at his ability to, to win a major, right? Because you have to like think he can always win it. It's kind of like he's got the ability to win against anyone, but he has so many matchups that seem so horrible. Cody seems so horrible. Zane seems horrible. I don't think he wins a major with Cody and Zane in attendance. Like Lethen seems really bad at times. Um, fuck man, Wizzrow, if Wizzy, like, yeah, if Wizzy's so here, badly. Wizzy was at SmashCon. Wizzy was Which at was SmashCon '64. I, I wanted to say like one last thing about SmashCon. I don't know how soon we're moving off of SmashCon, but I'll say it right now because it's on my mind. Is that it's really cool that so so melee has a lot of super like a few super majors a lot of a lot of majors mm-hmm. each year where all the top players will be there um like especially genesis big house um but smash con was huge and things like that 64 has one event per year and it's smash con it's yeah. so sick i love that wizzy w- goes to smash con and does i don't think he's ever entered melee at smash con is that a thing don't believe so um because it is the one tournament and that's so sick it's just like that, that. I wish melee. I don't wish melee was like that, but <laughs> no. it would be kind of cool in a way. It d- there's definitely aspects of it that would be very interesting, and I'm sure if we. It's like when people say like it would make life was so much easier. simpler when I didn't have a cell phone. It's like I'm sure it was cool back then. I think to go back to not having a cell phone after this would be infuriating. But um, yeah, no, it's it's super cool to see him. I hope that we get to see him in the future. But uh, if there's one thing that's clear, because Hbox, his, how he could do it in majors in the future is not very clear. If there's one thing that's clear is that Zane is the guy to bet on at this point, right? Like, it's hard to look at what he's done recently. I know that the Fate thing, people could bring up JMook's controller, and I think that's extremely valid. But, like, I wouldn't count that against Zane mu- that much yeah. necessarily. Uh, and his Gaul run was amazing. And then he goes into this, uh, and he he's not particularly, like dominating all these sets cody obviously did pretty well and, and he ends up um kind of clutching that in like a 3-1 kind of how he does like versus every mango set now basically uh and then he's got the reverse three out like he's kind of dig himself out of a couple different holes but he he does it like and it's in when it happens it seems so obvious right like i i was watching it and i am thinking maybe it's cope but i was thinking like i feel like this is a reverse uh 3-0 yeah, I actually kept saying Reverdy three thirty for some reason. That's um, a crazy thing to say. It was yeah, uh, not a thing that people say Reverdy three thirty. But I was just like Reverdy three thirty. I'm I'm calling it. Uh, and and I know that uh, for me personally, and I think some other people have said this. Blair said it. Who's I guess a bad source to cite on this one is that even if Hbox hit the rest, 
it felt like Zayn was going to win set two. It felt like it was all in his favor. So I guess the question I have, Zamu, because he got dethroned. He's the number one player, Summer Rack, this year. Do you think Zayn gets dethroned by the end of the year? Okay, so I'll give a very Zamu answer here and say that it doesn't matter if Zane, if Zane, it doesn't matter if Zane gets dethroned. Yeah, sure. Maybe someone wins every event for the rest of the year and Zane gets ranked two. Zane mm-hmm. will be the best player in the world at the end of the year. There's a non-zero chance of like someone. It would feel to me. It would feel like someone got very lucky. Um, and like mm-hmm. I think there's there's a chance. I guess there's actually a chance of Cody. There's there's a there's definitely a world where at the end of the year I'm like. Yeah, Cody is the best player in the world. Um, but at this this kind of trajectory and rate, it really is... Even though Zayn, in terms of like winning and results, is not necessarily like super far ahead. He can, he can, de- he can lose at any tournament, for, yeah, sure. Yeah, for sure. He can definitely lose any tournament. He also, it feels like, oh, the best player in the world lost at the tournament more than usually other than Cody sometimes but for Cody it really feels like a sometimes thing for Zane it feels like Zane is always kind of the best player in the world Cody has flashes of like yeah he's he's also just the best player in the world but I don't it's unlikely he gets dethroned if it happens it's probably not going to be like a like this player is dominantly better than Zane but also that's kind of the nature of He's the number one player in the world halfway through the year. True. Edwin, what do you think? I, I know you've got a lot of thoughts on uh, on your Marth, your your little Marth main who's uh, number one in the world. What do you think about Zane? I think Zane is he is on path to become a very dominant number one, but I think weirdly enough, if you look at the just head to heads, how they're trending, how they've held up throughout the whole year, I am not convinced yet that he is a favorite over the field. I think the field is very good. Mm-hmm. And I think Zane's matchups within that given field and the likelihood of running into those matchups at any given tournament gives him a better shot at winning a major than every other individual. But I don't think it's that he just completely obliterates every single person that he runs into no matter what. I think yeah. he has shown glimpses of that at four of the last five tournaments. I think if this continues for, yeah, I, I think if it continues for another tournament, then you know what? Maybe, maybe it's maybe the eye test that the Crimson Blur says that he sees in friendlies and hears about. Maybe that becomes reality. But I do want to be clear that we've seen stretches of people like Armada winning six tournaments in a row or seven tournaments mm-hmm. or whatever. We've seen stretches where Hungrybox has won like eight out of ten. Zane, at this point, I think he's halfway there. But I'm not going to give him the benefit of the doubt of being this unstoppable brick wall that cannot be dethroned. However, if he wins Shine, I think it's it's pretty much a lot. I, so. I think this is a it, this is a this is a somewhat different conversation in a in a week if Zane just like wins for, through winners. True, but it it really it really it I think so kind of with like the like like kind of dominance of Armada, for instance, or or even Hbox during that time. Um, I think that the the field is significantly better, um, kinda. Yeah. Where because yeah, yeah, like because like during like the Five Gods era, um, 
the five gods era was like really like 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 a year or something it then it became like crazy like like just to, in in the sense of like like yes any of the gods could win but any of the gods clearly, weren't was, winning any of the gods clearly, weren't winning it was, it was armada, armada and hbox <laughs> armada hbox right, mango, mango early on yeah 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 exactly exactly and so yeah. it's like it's like there were five people that could compete it wasn't like and though and they were clearly better than everyone else but now now it's like you really have like Zayn, Jmook, Cody as, as like these kind of they're kind of I think like the, like the the big three that can like beat each other. It feels much mm-hmm. like I would be much I would be so surprised of of Zayn losing to anyone else um, other than Left and Street, I suppose as well. But but it just it's there are but that's also I would say Amsa would not be too too crazy yeah yeah and so but but because of that it's like oh we already just listed way more people than like three people that's yeah. like five people um and and that's only with regards to Zayn we're not even talking about like who can beat Cody who can beat Jmook and I think because of that it's just like the the chance for dominance is gonna be more RNG based rather than like a clear skill gap. Yeah. Yeah, and in Zane's case, I think his his orange what you're referencing in his what you describe as RNG base, I think that that uh, it kind of the neatly parallels, if not just like matches what I'm saying about matchup availability. Like yeah. he has high value, had like it matters a lot to be able to you know be so consistent against the hungry boxes of the world or the mangoes. Yeah. It matters a lot to be what like four two, four three, or in the, four three in the season. On, on Cody, and it matters a lot that your your bads like if if we look at his worst head to heads, which are you know Leffen, Amsa, and Jmook, you know one way to overcome them is winning a tournament over over two of them, right? Yeah. Another way is still having a set over the the guy that beat you that happened to beat you for a tournament too, right? It's not like it's not as if I like I don't think every set he plays against Leffen, he's just gonna lose forever. I think that that is a close rivalry that like maybe at yeah. worst you could say is like slightly favored in Leffen's favor or who knows, like again, it's, it's I would personally treat it like a coin flip, maybe maybe slight Leffen right now, but we don't know how that could be. Yeah, and the chance of like that match happening is just lower. Like Zane, Zane <laughs> is just so, it's much, it's, it's unlikely for Zane to like get upset zane is making it to winner's semis at every event right yeah he's never not going to be in winner's semis but his like competition might have the like occasional like has to be yeah, Cody might drop a set to yeah exactly Polish. exactly and and that's why that's kind of why zane is like that's that's why i'm saying well it's still very reasonable that zane like could not end the year rank one right mm-hmm. now it just he's so clearly like He's very clearly a bit better than everyone else. Yes, it's it's clear, but it, it's not dominant yet. But exactly. it is clear, and it could it could get to dominant if he not only like if he wins shine. I think I think like it will be trending even further toward dominant. I th- I yeah. think he could win shine. Cody could win Riptide at Big House and whatever else comes up. But I think I think just by like it would still be clear because Zayn would be up five two with about like three three or five events left in the year. Like I think you know. It would be almost a lock if he, if not if not an outright lock, just the way things are trending. You know the the interesting thing about Zane is that um, and I, I got into it on the Gommel preview episode with with Webs is that like 
when you look at him, he's not a player who I think has extremely dominant matchups, right? Like, I mean, you, you can mention the five gods there, and I think that one of the big differences as to why the field is diff more difficult is that Armada never had to face someone really difficult before winter semis. Um, you know, and, and you look at winner's quarters matches right now. Like, just look at the top ten. Um, you've got Zane, Cody, Jmook, Leffen, um, Moki. Like, obviously, these are all, like, super good players. And then right underneath the five, you still have Mango, Amsa, Hbox, Plup. Kodoran is obviously someone who I think that needs to prove to be able to win a major to the same level of those players, but is still very good, can beat all those players. And then you have Wizzy, who hasn't even, you know, didn't play enough to get ranked. Like, that is... I would say 10 people could win a major. Um, I think have like a decent, like realistic shot at winning major. And it wasn't like that before. But the thing with, with Zane is that like, it's not like I go through and I say he, he beats everyone solidly. Um, he's got like a 50, 50 matchup with Cody, maybe slight in his favor. He's probably, you know, Leffen and J Mook are like tough, but not impossible. Um, he's really good versus Hbox, but could also just get wand on, right? Like, that's a possibility. Um, he's really good versus Mango, but Mango can do the same thing. Amsa is someone who I think he probably has a... He's probably going to win their next set, but he kind of got destroyed this year earlier by Amsa. He could definitely lose again. Um, Plup is definitely a question mark. I think Plup can beat um, <laughs> Zane. There's no reason to say no. Yeah. And Wizzy, Wizzy, yeah, why not? Wizzy could beat Zane. Like all the, like I, I list all these off, and and it's reasonable to say, damn, that sounds really difficult for Zane. But the thing is, all these are kind of coin flips, right? Like some are some are easier than others. Some are more difficult than others. I didn't even mention Moki. I feel bad. I do think that Moki's very good. Could take a set. I do think that's probably a matchup that Zane doesn't really have to worry about in the time being. But like all these matchups sound super difficult because you look at like Cody, right? Cody's got difficult ones. But he's got like a matchup like Amsa, which I don't want to call anything free in the top 10. But you look at a matchup like that. I'm not sure if Zane has that. I'm not sure if Zane has a matchup where I can confidently go, Zane will be up 10-0 on that player by the end of the year. I think The H same Box. way I can do. Hbox is the closest I think we thing, had. But, because, but, but, because but even then, it's Hbox. I'm yeah. not going to say anyone's going to 10-0 Hbox. So, Zane does like, it. He just, I think he's got a lot of coin flip matchups and just is always you know flipping heads like he is yeah. he is and it's not something that i want to say is luck uh because he can get into scenarios where they they don't go in his favor look at the beginning of the year we, we were, were you know we're pretty confident he wasn't number one at the beginning of the year until he he went tipped off um but when they're going in his favor it looks unstoppable so my answer to the question can someone dethrone zane yes of course someone can um will someone is a bit of a tougher question because you know the streak he's on right now uh, it's going to take a little bit before I would say it's like one of the best of all time, but it's in the conversation, which is an insane thing to say already. Um, and he has just looked so good versus all these coin flip matchups that I, I see no reason that it could stop anytime soon. Yeah. Um, it's the one thing I'll say, would say. Yeah. yes, exactly. It's, it's or much, it, it's, it feels like a tightrope walk. If it weren't Zane, for some reason, he, it just feels like, I look at all these things. I can see his bracket. It might not even look good. And yet part of me goes, nah, he's winning this. He's beating J-Mook. He's beating Left and he's beating Amsa. He's beating, like, I, it just feels, I feel so confident in him. Uh, that being said, I do want to kind of uh, bring up something about, you know, his possibility of getting uh, not ranked number one is that um, there aren't a lot of major tournaments left. And uh, mm -hmm. it's, it's kind of a little sad to think about like you don't want to be in august and go oh it's already locked up 
But we have Shine. We've got Riptide. We've got Big House. And, and we've got Santa Claus. And we've got Santa Claus. Sure. <laughs> sure, man. Have fun in Alabama. No, but like we don't we don't have a lot of stuff out there that is kind of these big marquee majors. And and I guess like I think the the thing that's really interesting about twenty twenty three as a year is that it's kind of paralleling the beginning of the year, right? It's a bit of a mirror image. So so we start off and we have Genesis, of course. That's um, always going to be like our huge anchor event. That is going to be the thing that kind of writes the ship, no matter what's happening, right? No matter how many circuits fall apart, you've got Genesis to make you feel like it's all better again. Um, and then we have a bit of a lull. And, and at that point, we had a, a lot of episodes talking about how it's very important to... to support these tournaments to um, you know make sure that these up and coming TOs have the ability to run a major and it's, you know like majors aren't just run by the people who keep running them and we saw that right major upset was a big major it got capped collision was a big major it got capped like we uh, tipped off was uh was a big major in terms of just like people who went these are all events that are run by pretty young staff in terms of like how long they've been running events uh, and events that like aside from tipped off, don't have a history in melee like they have a history in ultimate but not a history in melee and and i think that as we look at the end of the year we are lucky enough to have gommel and a couple weeks later smash con and a couple weeks later shine and a couple weeks later riptide and then you know it's going to be like a month and then we'll have big house but i i think that like we have to kind of be in the mindset that we were earlier in the year right admittedly like I, that stretch is is a pretty crazy stretch of tournaments it's just it's that an it's, insane it's, stretch. It's just that it it's just that it ends and there's still four months in the year. Yeah, that's the thing, right? It ends there's at the end of October, and then we go what now? And I I think that I just want to make sure that people that we don't get too caught up in the moment, right? And we have to make sure that the energy that we brought in the beginning of the year we bring at the end too, because we've got tournaments that are around and definitely able to host us. And then it's just like, are we willing to do we do we want tournaments in November? Do we want tournaments in December? If so, there are ones out there. There's Santa Paws. There's DreamHack Atlanta. I saw Arca, LTC tweet Arca something. Arca Melee. There's all these things. Yeah, so I, I do think that the question of can Zane be number one is a very fun one that unfortunately gets a little sadder if you actually think about the logistics of it. And it's like, as it stands right now, probably hard to catch up to him in terms of majors, especially if he wins one of them. Um, but hopefully, as we kind of go further... That is not as sad because we, you know, I would love to see uh, DreamHack Atlanta be like a huge event to end the season. I'd love to see Santa Paul's be like a big event to, to draw people out to a region that does not have melee majors. I'd love to see like an LTC come back if, if, if the tweet is actually insinuating that. Uh, yeah, there's all these things uh, that I think we, we would love to see. But anyway, we're talking about majors that might be majors. We have a major that we know definitively is a major, and that is Shine. Shine is coming up. Um, Shine, of course, Boston's major formerly, now now uh, in Worcester, um, is, is the New England major. And uh, we talked a lot about it once it was announced, but this is the last installment. This is obviously, I think, like a sentimental moment for a lot of people in New England Melee. I know that Melee Stats has had a special place, or Shine has had a special place in a lot of uh, the member Melee Stats. Hard. This is one of my first majors that I ever went to. Um, obviously, Edwin, you are from New England. This is a big major for you. Like, a lot of... A lot of cool stuff has happened here, so so we are kind of probably uh, going to get into emotional territory. Not, maybe not on the episode, but maybe at the event itself. But uh, even if we if we divorce the emotional aspect from the um, from you know what the tournament is, this is a really stacked tournament, right? We we're lucky to have all these stacked tournaments in a row, uh, and this is 
pretty much a you know other than hbox not showing up other, other than um you know leffen still looking at his evo trophy and shining it and being too busy to play melee um we have a really great tournament here so this is uh is going to be kind of a a put up or shut up tournament for a lot of the big ones right like we talked about it if zane wins this it feels like the conversation is over it feels like the book has closed whether or not you care about number one at the end of the year feels like that's kind of over but it also kind of feels like the question of who's the most dominant is is completely over and uh here to kind of have a say in this is cody again and jay mook is here who who's um you know been on a little break um after his last tournament um and uh yeah we we've got a little bit of a fun bracket here but before we get into all of that one of the things that has always been really cool about shine is the depth of talent new england is a region that um I feel like they always show up every time they're there. So we have, uh, we've got about 680 or so entrants here uh, for Melee, and, and we've got a lot of hitters. We've got a lot of people who might fly under the radar. Edwin, you are a player from this region. Um, now with a notable win over uh, a, a Swedish uh, power rank player. <laughs> um, do you, does, does anything kind of stick out to you in terms of people who can make big runs here? Because I think this is. Yeah, like we're we're kind of in the in the thick of it, right? With all these majors that like we saw what happened at Smash Con. We know there's a lot of upsets that can happen. There's a lot of crazy runs. Do you have any of that kind of uh, pop out to you? Yeah. Well, first off, I I do want to just talk about the the just the general concept of a, of a very big underdog run and people with a lot to prove here. Because I think the irony with, with Shine is that because it's the the ultimate players major with with so many setups and best of five throughout the god tournament. the europeans I, are gonna get so mad at us yeah i i think it's actually um <laughs> yeah they, they will They're, i'm gonna get a bunch of angry dms for this but uh, what do you mean ultimate players you didn't <laughs> you didn't actually have that many setups i went i don't know who's it, that's abe <laughs> yeah it's like a mix of abe king basically basically everyone is it true that in na you only have one major per eight players like God, how many the amount of times I had to talk about it. You all said you all uh, huddle around one setup and you all play the tournament on just one setup and it takes so long. Is, is that true, what you do? Is it true that you Americans only play on winner stays? That's so horrible. Rotation rotation is just better for everyone. Honestly, so honestly, honestly socialism kinda, brain. Honestly, they kind of got our asses there. But anyway, I don't know if they sorry. do. The Europeans so, are so right about basically all of this. But we can't let them have it. No. <laughs> the the point... Okay, so, sorry. The point is, I think the irony of this... <laughs> I don't know. If you want to get into making fun of Europeans more, I'm down to, like, cut out this entire shine segment. We, like, yeah, we, we don't we talk about it again. Yeah, we could dedicate a whole episode to this. Get sharp on. So Actually, yeah. There's probably going to be a, a week in the future that there's nothing much going on, so we might need to, to save it. Good idea, good idea. Go yeah, back into but, shine. Yeah, so, so I think that the irony of the underdog happening run happening at shine or anything like that is that I think in, in the case of shine, it would be especially earned because best of five is there. It's actually, real. Re it's actually really difficult. Is the whole tournament best of five? Well, it's round two onwards. Yeah. So I think oh. it's, so I think it's it's really difficult to to make this kind of underdog run that we're talking about. Now, with that said, I think there are a lot of players that are just outside the range of top uh, of the summer rank top fifty players that you know we can expect to see in that seventies, eighties, sixties range, maybe by the end of the year that all have potential for really big runs here. I'm just going to name a few people off the top of my head that I think could could make a massive run at this tournament and sort of like mm -hmm. really cement their spot uh, on the top hundred by 
by the end of the year, if not try to sneak their way into the top 50. So you got Palpa here, you got Lunar Dusk. Lunar Dusk is obviously someone that made the Dude, top 50 last year and just let, coming. So save Lunar Dusk for me. I want to get into that one. Save that yeah. one for me. Go keep going on though. Yeah, we got Sumeris here. That guy's hella Go. cracked. We got Ja Raiden, who I just saw in front of my very own eyes defeat okay, Pitsqueak twice, <laughs> twice on a tournament. We got Squid here. I think Squid's had a very secretly strong year. We, yeah. we got Preeminent, who was on the top 50 ballot, but uh, did, did not make the list, but it was still had a pretty strong first Pretty strong player. Uh, you you got Grab coming here. This is this is someone that made top twelve at Shine last year and had one of the very one of the very big sleeper big uh, you know runs to a Sunday of a of a tournament ever. You have oh, yeah. Quang here, the the Sunsei Slayer from Gommel, who's had a stretch. Quang beat Sunsei at Gommel. Yeah, <laughs> you know I've. He's had quite an up and down stretch of major performances this year, but this is this is the certainly the. Kind Wait, of is Joji right? here? Is Milkman here? <laughs> yeah, we got to make sure Joji. Jo- Dude, Quang lost to Joji at three majors this year. That's insane. That's hype. It's not yeah. hype. The point. The point is, I think this event will be really big for people in that. And I think what we would consider the the seventies to hundred or like edge of the ballot range right now to either make their way into the top fifty or you know just cement their spot on the list with a really strong showing here. Mm-hmm. Zamu, am I allowed to go off on Lunar Dusk or do you want to um, pop in first? Um, nope. Go ahead. Lunar Dusk, obviously a player at Melee Stats, sponsored last year to get to events and ended up on the top fifty. I think that Lunar Dusk has proven time and time again to be very good. It's been a bit of a quiet year. Um, you know, he, he did go to collision and he, he kind of got a little rocked by Captain Smuckers. And it's one of those things where you kind of go, I don't know what that means. And I, to, in order to like figure out what that means, I'd have to think about it to a level that I don't want to. That's why I love <laughs> that. I am no longer a stats carer. Yeah. What? Here's well, the thing only- is you, you can just do that. You can just say, I'm sure Captain Smuckers as another ranked player is maybe not the best loss you can have, but then you just go, hey, he's pretty good, it's fine. I don't need to Tim think about lost it. lost to Chef Rock twice. True, <laughs> true, true. Top 25, by the way. Yeah, dude, I told him, I, he, I told him to go to more, and he yep. refuses, but alas. Is Lunar uh, Dusk winning shine? Maybe. So he's got Calvar, who is, who is very good versus Ices, you know, um, has taken Slug pretty cl- I think it was last, um, Shine was, took like, Slug down really close. Um, which is good because Slug winning that meant that Slug got to play Axe and I got to be like, I think Axe is going to win, guys, which he did. So it's actually good for my ego that, that Slug won that one. But but I think Lunar, you know, this is obviously a tough matchup um, in, in winner's quarters of the pool, but I, I think he can do it. That's round one of round two. That was a very weird way of saying that. But uh, I think he can do that. He's got Magi afterwards, a player that he beat last shine. So it's becoming a bit of a canon event. And I think this is where it gets really, really difficult. But we get into AMSA. And if if we do take cross-country online into account, he had an extremely, extremely close set with him at Coinbox uh, this week that he, he kind of... He kind of was up in a lot of the games and ended up losing game five really, really close. But uh, he was putting in a ton of work. One of the most insane things about the set was that, like, Lunar didn't have Nana for a lot of it, which is insane to say about a game five last hit stock. He was kind of schmoving with Sopo 
in a way that I didn't think you could do versus Yoshi. I was just like, don't know what the Sopo Yoshi matchup looks like. I bet it's good for Yoshi. Uh, but yeah, he he was really working it. So he did that. Um, let's pretend like he wins that. Why not? Amsa's like mad about foxes or something. He's mad about the rankings. Uh, Lunar wins it. He has Mook or Axe. And I'm not about, like, Axe just beat Slug last year, and right? I'm not about to say that this matchup's super free. Those are good matchups when you could be playing, like, Zayner Aklo, who are in the same, uh, same that, that's, like, a different matchup in the same thing. And that would be winner's side, top 12. Now, do I think he gets there? Do I think he ends up playing Zayn in winner's semis of the entire tournament? Uh, I don't know. I might not put a lot of money on it, but I, I do think that if you were to craft a run for Lunar Dusk to make winner semis of a major, like if that was your goal, I do not think you could do a better job than this right here. Are there any like nice upsets that insane. can happen? Like, like, is there someone that beats Aklo or whatever that like really make this even nicer? Let's say Zane loses to Aklo's link and then he plays Aklo. In winter semis. Well, yeah. Okay, I misunderstood. I thought that he played Aklo. Sorry. Now, round. Aklo and Zane play would play the same time that he would play J. Mooker Axe, which I, I, was, I think it's like a really great draw. Like, compared those are to wonderful draws. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's getting by Amsa. That's the problem. And then plays Moki, then plays Cody. That's winner's finals. Am I saying Lunar Dust is going to win the tournament? Fuck. Am I? I don't think I am. But You're am saying I? that more than I thought you were, at the very least. I think if we had Dark Genix on, he would say so. Edwin, prove me wrong. Tell me why Lunadust is not going to win this tournament. Uh, I, mean, I mean, Amsa being in this path, all, I, you, you mentioned that it was cross-continental net play. What if I go up to Amsa right before, and I say, uh, I make fun of him for being number seven in the world? Take his what if I go up to him, out. I, I like pull one of the headphones out, and I go, hey, buddy, just want to let you know, you were ranked six. We just don't like you. So I ranked you seventh. I actually went against what the balladers said. You know, it's actually, actually crazy how that might like like that sort I, of I thing could totally affect it. Like, but but I but I feel like it could only really work or it could really fail. Like he just goes on to three zero, everybody and wins. I don't have a read on how Amsa would react in that it's, situation. It's it's a win win. So either Lunar Dust successfully wins and you 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 did your part, or you've like ignited <laughs> some flame within Omsa and then he wins a major. True. How about this? Wait, how about this? I got a good one. Um so he he's wearing wireless earphones, right? I think this is this is our in. He I I do not think that wireless technology is extremely safe in a lot of senses. I think we can we can get in. And I'm not a hacker so I don't know how to do it, but here's what I think we do. Um Omsa we we find like who's he a big fan of, right? Like we get like a celebrity, Edwin. You you got a celebrity to come in, and Amsa sees him, and Amsa's like, "Oh, I need a picture with Matt Damon or Ben Affleck or whatever." Like we'll get a Boston one, because I think that you have the pool to get Ben Affleck. So yeah, Ben yeah. Affleck comes in, and it's like Amsa's like, "I need to take a picture with Ben Affleck," and then you're right there, and you go, "Oh, I'll take the picture for you. Give me your phone." You turn on Bluetooth. He doesn't know it. I'm. Wait, no. I turn on Bluetooth. I don't know how this works. You have his headphones? I've lost the plot here. Whatever. I have Bluetooth into his headphones. And game five, I start just playing super loud fucking noises. Whatever. Like, I play H-Box pop-off 12 hours straight. Uh, the second that, like, 
Nana's off stage. She just needs to like down tilt. I start playing. He goes crazy. Lunar Dust grabs. I think uh, I, I think we got it, man. Oh, just delete this. Delete this vod. <laughs> That's all we need to do. You know, I did a um, just a uh, on the topic of breakout players and uh, different things that we could manufacture into reality through you know Bluetooth headsets and hacking into uh, the players' phones or whatever. I think we would need something like that for, uh, and, I, and I mean this with all love in my heart. I was trying to think of the, for, for my column this week, I tried to think of five prop bets, or like hypothetical prop bets for the, the tournament. Starting, you know, like at the bottom were the more normal ones, like, oh, you know, how possible is it that Amsa will defeat Moki or Cody in their next set? Or like, is it possible, like, is Zane favored versus the field? And two very interesting but incredibly unlikely ones that I, that I thought, of, thought of were a New England player making top eight at Shine, which has never happened in the melee bracket ever. And the second one I thought of is what would happen, like what would need to happen for there to be no foxes in top eight. And I think we, what you just mentioned is what we need to do to ensure that happens. I think we need to do what you just said, but for all the fox players that are projected for like, Top no, 32. no, dude, you're thinking of it the wrong way. It's not the Fox player. You take the New Englander, and it's going to be you. We're going to get your ass seventh place. No, no. I, I don't think there's any amount that could. I saw I saw my bracket. It's, it's tough. I got <laughs> a lot. We, we hack into a lot of Bluetooth phones, man. <laughs> we get a... What we need to do is we need to go to Evo and hang out at the Black Hat convention. That's always at Evo for some reason. Uh, we need to befriend one of them and learn the tricks of the trade. Just hack into everyone's phone and, I don't know, send them, like, really loud alerts. That's the second you grab them on FD. Um, yeah, no, I mean, New England New England having a uh, person in top eight would be incredibly great, and it just really seems like it's not uh, really fated to happen. Who's is there the best anyone... player in New England? That's probably Calvar, right? Calvar, Doc well, Calvar Log, is if the he's highest still... ranked player in New England, but it may be Ricky hit, yeah, hit or me. Yami. Yami. Which is not Q. That's a different person. No, no, Q's, Q's okay. different. Okay, I just wanted to make sure because I got excited because for some reason those people exist in my head, and I love Ricky. I don't know Q, so I was going to throw to Ricky, but don't have to play him, unfortunately. Damn. Yeah, Ricky, Ricky Yami... Um, Amazing player, kind of one of those, like, I mean, we talked about Chef Rock, kind of one of those Chef Rock-esque things where it's like, dude, if this person played, they'd be top 100 easily. And I know we say that about a lot of people, and even we might have had an episode where I say, I know we say this about a lot of people, but um, but Ricky is one of those players who I feel very confident in. He's already had, what, like, two wins over Mech this year? I, yeah, he I, double eliminated Mech, uh, beat Calvar, and beat Younger at GamerCon. Sick. Thank you. Pretty good, Thank you, if you ask me. I did, so, I was I yeah. did think like if I if he was in my bracket, I was like, damn, I'm a really bad draw. But not a problem. Alas, yeah, we will. I think we will see some sort of run from him if he decides to to enter, decides to try hard. That's I mean, that's one of the bigger issues with that is that like, is he going to be as locked in as he would be? He's not a player who attends a lot of majors. Who who knows? I think that if he if we see the fully unlocked potential of him, um. No doubt will he make some upsets and make a run there. Uh, is there anyone else that we want to mention, or should we just get into the top dogs here? What do you, Zama, is there anyone that you kind of picked out? or? Um, I did not have any any kind of interesting thoughts about Perfect. this. Just say, like, Palpa. No! <laughs> just say Palpa, man. 
Bro, just say Palpa. I'm so Dude, upset Palpa. with Palpa and Etost as a as a grouping. As a collective. Yes. Uh, yeah, we decided that if uh, Palpa doesn't make top 16, we can just say he's really bad and he's washed. He's not seeded top 16. He's not even seeded top 32. But if he doesn't make top 16, I think like he's definitively bad. So that is something you can look out for there. Um, anyone watching from home? So look out for that. Uh, if he's if Palpa doesn't make top 16, I think we all get to um, harass him. Do some online bullying. Who doesn't love that? But, uh, yeah, let's get into the big dogs here because this is a tournament, as I mentioned before, it's got a lot of the big names. Is missing H-Box, which is, uh, makes it kind of like a bit of an interesting dynamic, right? We don't have a lot of H-Box list majors, so when we do, it's always kind of interesting to know, like, how that treats things. So we've got uh, Cody, Kodoran, we've got Moki, Mango. Again, we've got stuff like that. We've got a lot of really insane stuff here. Um, I know I already mentioned Zane versus Aklo. Obviously, if Lunar Dusk for some reason doesn't make it uh, to winner's quarters, it'd be J. Mook Amsa. Like, these are all pretty cool matchups and matchups that we've seen somewhat recently, but I don't think any of them are, are really, really, like, 100% um, definitive. Maybe, like, you could say Zayn Aklo, but a lot of these are pretty toss-up matchups. So, going into the, to the final bracket, there's a lot of things that could change here, right? The winner's semis that we see, seated Zayn, J. Mook, Cody, Moki, that could be completely different, right? That could be Kodorian Mango, that could be like Zane versus Amsa, that could be Lunar Dusk versus um, whoever. <laughs> Lunar Dusk but, is doing bad if he's not winning the tournament. True. He has to just, lose to Palpa. Just like how Palpa, if Palpa doesn't make top 16, Palpa's bad at the game and should be banned for the top 100. If Lunar Dusk doesn't win, I think we we just ban him from the scene. I think he's too bad. <laughs> um, but I guess let's talk about the situation where Lunar Dusk doesn't win. I know we all believe he's going to win the tournament. Edwin, Edwin, Edwin. You and your little articles, I know that you've already revealed who uh, you think is going to win, but but let, give, me, give me your thoughts. Shine 2023, one of the last majors of the summer. Who takes it home? Yeah, so looking at this, I, I mentioned before in, in my column and, and even on, on this episode that I think Zane is a very clear like very convincing number one i'm not totally sold on him being long-term dominant over the field but i i think uh you know just maybe this is a cheap way out i think there's something to be said about me not picking him for the whole year to win majors and him going on to win four of the last five and i think given the field of competitors here and the way that you know matchups are turning out, like who he'll have to play, I, I think that a lot of his matchups are just uh, are just very good. I, th I think Jmook and Amsa is pretty difficult, but I think he's very steady. I don't think that he he's likely for a lot early loss on the caliber of like Morse code or Skurzo, and I think that strength can get you very far in a bracket. The the thing I would say that's going against Zane about this tournament is, uh, funnily enough, what you mentioned about Hungrybox not being here. I think uh, if, if Hungrybox is at a tournament where J-Mook or Amsa are there, J-Mook to an especially large degree, Amsa less, to less of a degree, but but just to a certain degree, I think I think having Hungrybox in an event helps Zane because it not only gives him an opponent in the top echelon whom he reliably beats, but that same opponent has shown the ability multiple times to get rid of uh, the, the kinds of opponents that typically spoil Zane's bracket runs. So 
With that in mind, we have a field where we're pretty confident that Zane will be in winner side of top 12 at some point. If everything turns out the way that we've seen it turn out for the last, what, 12 months? Like, pr pretty much since last SmashCon, which we don't think, uh, or since 2022 SmashCon, which we know that best of three is not going to be a problem here, assuming he makes it by round one. And I think that just given that, and given his matchups against most of the people remaining, of who we, of whom he could possibly run into in top twelve, just where he's trending, where he is in his career, and and frankly, where some of the, even his problem matchups are trending. Like I don't think Amsa is trending par particularly high. I don't think J Mook is is trending particularly high. I think I think there's if there's a time for for Zane to start evening those head to heads and overcoming some of his former demons, it would be at a tournament like this. And that's led me to believe that that he would be the best pick to win this event. Even if I still don't think that he's that far and ahead away from everyone, I think he's solidly ahead of everyone enough to where I'm willing to pick him. Zamu, what do you think? Well, I came to Edwin Budding's exact same conclusion with way less work. Hmm, impressive. Um, just kidding, actually. I don't know. I think it would be cool to see a J-Mook win, because we haven't seen him in a bit. Um... I also think that this seems pretty good for Cody because so I Jmook versus Axe I, I like Jmook probably wins but it's like surprisingly it's doable feeling not a walk in the park yeah 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 for like when we think about like like perception of like Axe's skill currently compared to Jmook's skill it's like it's like that is a surprisingly hard match there um, and then. The winner of that is probably playing Amsa, and it's like, okay, so Jmook also could definitely lose there, or Zane could lose to either of them. Um, and so Zane actually has his hard matches where it's like a bit of a coin flip, but he does keep keep correctly flipping the coin to where it's like it's like maybe it is kind of like a 60-40 coin flip, and he keeps winning. He's due for a 40% loss. Um, and that's how gambler fallacy works. Uh, but but so Cody has just like a easier path there, I think. Like if if Cody's losing to Kadoran, he's just like obviously not winning the tournament. Like he doesn't deserve to even be like he doesn't deserve it. So he doesn't deserve to live, I'll say it. Yeah, I'll, I'll say it. Um we're all thinking. <laughs> yeah, well Let's not go too far. <laughs> right to healthcare no right to life um <laughs> true but yeah, we gotta yeah. get him to we gotta get him to canada yeah <laughs> um, so because like cody's projected winner semis match is moki whereas zane's is jmook just looking at those moki has done well versus cody he's beaten him plenty of times i don't know like mm -hmm. it's possible he's won more of the most recent times i don't know but it's still that is that feels way easier for cody than then Jmook is for Zane, um, and so I I'm down to and and it would be more interesting because we don't just stop the conversation for rank one after True. this tournament, which I think is it's also like kind of unfortunate. But then you you have to like there has to be new interesting storylines such as like regional things. Mm, Tefo, yes. <laughs> storylines. Mm, Storylines, yes, Defo. Um, so Zamu, your final choice is Cody Schwab. 
Cody Schwab is going to win the tournament. Or Mango, because that one would be also cool. And there's no H-Box, so there's a lower chance of Actually, Doc. there's no H-Box. You're right, God. Like, no. it's not... That's true. So, Dude, okay. I'm not talking... I'm not going to act like this is a possibility. I don't want to believe it. I'm mm. mad at him. If Mango <laughs> plays all spaces, then he's my pick. Not because I think he'll win by going all spaces, but because I'm down for it. Um, if he doesn't, then Cody Schwab. Yeah, I think there's a really interesting section of the bracket that kind of will determine... I mean, I don't know. I guess that's a dumb thing to say. Of course, a section of the bracket will determine the winner. Yes, yes, of course. <laughs> um, but, like, yeah, you're right. Zayn versus Mook or Zayn versus Amsa, that is kind of, like, a really important uh, pivot point for basically the, the other winner semis one, right? Because if you're Cody, or if you're Moki, if you're Mango, you know, people who are able to make it into that, make it through that to winner's finals, seeing Zayn in winner's finals... It's very scary in a way that Amsa or even kind of Jmook isn't really. Like, right, Jmook is obviously still super good versus these players. Um, still someone who I would favor over Moki, over Mango. Um, still someone who I think could definitely beat Cody, even if I don't think he's favored. But, like, the ability for Amsa to make a run here opens up this to a host of other people, right? If it's Cody versus Amsa in winner's finals... Seems like it's a pretty good chance for a Cody Duff. If it's Mango versus Amsa, that fucking battles right there. We'll see if Mango does it again. We'll see if Amsa does it again. Um, but I'm going to speak into existence something that I want to see. Uh, muscle mindset mentality, of course. Muscle mindset activated. What is it again? It's my, my mantra. I've decided, Zamu, you, you're a God is good guy. You might understand this. I uh, oh started manifesting without realizing that it's manifestation. You basically just you type in muscle emoji then you say muscle mindset activated and you type another muscle emoji to, that to bookend it. That is fire. It, it works, dude. It's and actually, Muscle mindset activated. So I tweeted this in response to Leffen. You know, Leffen showed the clip of him or like the, the screenshot of, of him down 0-2, down 1-2 in rounds with like a sliver of health versus Peppery Splash in, at, uh, at Evo. Um, in like round of top 24 or something like that. He posted that. I responded. Muscle mindset activated. He liked the tweet. Guess what? He went twelve and one in games to win the tournament decisively. Um, so, do you, do you, you know, do you not believe in muscle mindset activated? I understand if you don't, but I think that there is scientific proof to believe that muscle mindset will bring you to uh, stuff like winning Evo. So, so kind of muscle mindset active mentality. I want to bring up like. Um, I'm sorry. I think he's a pretty good example. I think Ops is a great one here, but I yeah. want to bring up, like, I, I think that Jmook winning a tournament would be so good for Jmook because I think a lot of people are counting him out more than I think they deserve to, uh, or more than they should, rather. Um, Cody, kind of same thing. I think Cody is being counted out maybe a little more than I think is necessary, considering yeah. he's looked incredibly good. It's just losing to H-Box, I guess, does that to person, right? We all go, no, he's bad. But it's um, crazy. It's H-Box. Yeah. It's H-Box. He, he, he will win. We know that. But I'm going to say, you know, I, I kind of saved this for the Gommel one, but uh, I didn't want to overuse this prediction. Let's just fucking say Moki's going to win. This Like, Zane is always going to be scary. Zane is always going to be a threat for any top player here, and Zane could very well just win the tournament. That, he's, in fact, if you want to make a bet and you had to place money on any player, I think Zane's probably a smart one to do. Um, the ability for Zane to miss out on winner's finals is better than it was past few tournaments and because of that i have to wonder you know if Oms is in winner's finals 
Moki beats Cody again. Moki's in winners finals. Moki's in winners side grands. I don't like, think Moki. I think J Mook and Zayn are maybe two Moki's two hardest people. Maybe I I'm agree. crazy. And but, yet, but also the muscle there's a mindset is activating. Yeah. And yet, I, I mean, I think if you were to say who's more likely, Zayn obviously is incredibly likely. Cody. If in the chance that he plays Omson winners finals, that's very good for him. Even even if he has Zane or even if he has J Mook, of course, is very good. But sometimes we need to manifest things here, and I'm gonna pick uh, I'm gonna pick Moki on this one. Moki always a you know the question for him is is uh, when and not if at this point. So yeah. uh, I think there's no better time than right now, right? You talked about it'd be kind of boring if Zane won. We need some more storylines. What's a better storyline than Moki bringing home the gold here? Shine 2018, five years ago, was Zane's first uh, first major kind of opened five up. Five years ago, half a decade old, has gone old. by. <laughs> Dude, Zane kind of feels like up. the new guy still. Tri- so, am I crazy? Dude, actually, wait. Can I point out something here? Episode's going to be a little long. We're almost done. I swear. But this is not a tangent. Um, Zane currently number one ranked player. He is the oldest player to be ranked number one. At time of ranking? At the time of ranking. I wonder if that number is only going to go, like, higher if we're just going to randomly have, like, a 21-year-old number one How old was he? So, Zane is 27. Damn, I have time. Hbox, when he was last ranked number one, was 26. Which is insane. The oldest person to be ranked number one at time of ranking is Zane? He's young. He's the new guy, right? That's so insane. And and yet here we are. So, like, uh, yeah, five years ago, he kind of opened the door as to what we consider major winners and who can win a major, and he's been continuing to do so. And since then, we've seen many, many people win majors. And I think in Shine's final year, nothing more poetic would be to uh, to show someone else doing that, another, another young buck who is coming onto the scene and uh, showing that what we've – think of as major winners you know we should kind of reevaluate so i'm gonna say moki here do i truly believe i don't know but the muscle mindset has been activated and it's up for him to continue on um and it alliterates with moki true that was the like voice most moguls hype. moki minds mo- uh, muscle mindset <laughs> it would also be a nice uh nice continuation of his uh one of his like really big showings came in shine 2019 when he beat leffen and he had that yeah. big run to top eight. So it'd be a nice... Uh, All right, Moki, let's do it. I, I decided it's cool if you win. Just keep on predicting, for sure. Moki, if you don't win, I'll be a little... I'll be, I'm not pissed. A little miffed. I'll be a little miffed. So, Moki, I think you should win this one. Yeah, anyway. he'll go in the Palpa bucket and the Cody Schwab <laughs> bucket. He can hang out with those two. Lunar, if Lunar doesn't win. Yeah. <laughs> Lunar Moki battles for grand finals. Uh... Yes, I'm very excited to see what happens here, and uh, you know, of course, I, I recommend, highly recommend that you watch this tournament because I think whatever happens is going to be extremely interesting. And that's not just because H Box isn't here, but it probably doesn't hurt. Uh, anyway, um, it might hurt Smash Cut. It was interesting watching him. Smash Cut, true. On true. average, it'll it won't hurt, but H Box is an interesting beast right now, is he not? He is. <laughs> I hope he enjoys his trip and. Where is he going? Like the Mediterranean or something? Mediterranean Island. I'm not doxing him, dude. Coordinates uh, minus 30. 
Dude, no, he's he's like Rainbolt trained, isn't he? Rainbolt and him did a did a video for Team Liquid. He right. he's like giving out fake information, I bet. He says he's in the Mediterranean. He's like secretly in a bunker somewhere. He's just still in Florida. He's still in Florida, dude. I don't even know if he lives in Florida. That's that's like right. Do, can you say with confidence he lives in Florida? Yes, because one time there was a tiny lull in his Twitch chat, tiniest lull, and immediately without missing a beat, he's like, "So chat, where where are y'all from? I I'm in Orlando, Florida." And it just like starts starts talking to him like that, and I was like, "Wow, he is the content god." No, dude, that sounds like someone something you would say if you're trying to re- not reveal your actual location. Yeah, that's also reasonable. Uh, before we we we've got some uh, things to do right after this, but before we go on, I just want to say one of the most one of the best tweets that he's ever made is talking about where Smash has brought him. He's like, "Smash, I never thought Smash would bring me to all these places." And he listed all the so like all these crazy places, right? He went to like Brazil. This was like right after he went to Brazil for some reason. Um, and he like mentioned all these places and he mentioned in the middle was like Orlando. And I was like, "That's not dude, you were there. You grew up there. Smash didn't put yeah, you there. Smash you were in Orlando." <laughs> You can't say Orlando. He played like, Smash I, in Orlando, but it didn't take him there. I'm so I happy think him that saying Smash Laurel, Maryland was hilarious. But like, my house. <laughs> I'm really glad. Yeah, I'm really glad Smash. Uh, you know, it, 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 uh, it was the reason I was born. <laughs> anyway, we've got a lot of questions about what's going to happen at the tournament. Obviously, and we're, we're same uh, as listening to Nick. I'm with. We'll see. I agree. We got a lot of questions that need to be answered by the tournament, but uh, until then, we've got some questions for you from our Yay. patrons. Uh, now, as we talk about every single episode, we kind of go, we have get the little coquettish, uh, will they, won't they, where I say, questions were shit. And then they put in good questions, I say, questions were good. And they put in bad questions. This one, not on them. Um, we kind of forgot to ask questions until really recently so we've got some pretty good ones for the time being i will say i'll, I'll give you guys some credit you guys were given a pretty short deadline and you you kind of gave some good ones so i'm going to start off we've got um we've got ssb underscore seal of course uh youtube comment legend and um he says uh this is lazy but maybe top five current midwest players ordered or not the choice is his um you can tell so that is maybe not the most professional uh, answered question. So feel free to give a, however, whatever professional answer you want to match the cadence of that. Zamu, number one. Um, Love it. And maybe legitimately to some extent. I don't know. I Does Polish count? Does No, count? Polish does not count or else it's easily Polish. But Polish is, unfor- Pittsburgh is not the Midwest to anyone that's not in Ohio and which is admittedly ohio is a pretty big portion of the midwest but but pittsburgh is not the midwest to most humans that i speak to even outside of the melee sphere pittsburgh is farther east than the midwest and it is not is it east coast it is east coast which is not even close coast is it's called coast for some reason, which but it doesn't have to do with it's the like, coast. It's like an eight-hour drive from the coast, is it not? Yeah, it's an eight-hour drive from the Midwest too. But the Midwest eight hours not, is isn't different. It, isn't it close to NEOH? Yes, which is barely Midwest too. Sure. Okay, Polish by far number one player in the Midwest. Then Zamu, mm. then Ginger, and really, it's like Ginger is better than me, but I will take this small moment when I can. Yeah. Um, 
Enjoy your moment. And then... Flash. Then Flash. I'm down. <laughs> and then Kalindi. Sure. Morse code. No. <laughs> I don't know. There's hey, a lot of really good Midwest players. Um, I... Really, J-Mook doesn't get you as far as it used to. No, it doesn't. If you lose to me at bot me, nope. <laughs> True. Um... I mean, I mean, Morse code. I, I, I actually Morse code is probably three. Or if, if we're going Zamu, Ginger, um, probably Morse code. Um, Kalindi Flash. Maybe Flash Kalindi. But yeah, and I think keeping Skurzo out of this conversation is cool. <laughs> well, I agree. Skurzo is just like. Okay, but Skurzo beat Jmook and Morse code beat Jmook. So why are we talking about Morse code? Hmm. <laughs> true. true. I mean, it's honestly, it's so much how more impressive honest. is a J-Mook win these days? Skurzo has one. Skurzo can't be go. that impressive. He beat me at a mid lane one time, twice at that mid lane. Me. Never again. If he ever beats me again, I retire. Where does Where does Shabo and Friendlies fall on that list? I don't think he's very. I don't think he's much better in Friendlies than tournament. Um. I don't know. I think Shabo is really good. I wish he cared. Well, why don't we get into our uh, second question? This one is from Algebra123230. And this question is... Yeah, be quicker on that, man. Given your one, two, three, fun to two, play three, against tier list, which character or characters have the biggest difference between fun to play and fun to play against? Can you repeat? What char- What is like the biggest gap? Yeah, between, between fun to play and fun to play against. Fun to play as versus fun to play against. Yes. Um, for me, so I did not, I didn't present this as such because I thought maybe it'd be better for engagement. Is I was, but this is like solely fox matchups. Um, I think. I mean, I don't like fighting Mario very much, but I've been loving playing Mario. I haven't been playing Mario much as of late. I've just been like, eh, I'd rather play like any other character instead of fucking Mario. Why do I like that guy? Um, but biggest gap. I mean, the biggest gap is probably, huh, is it Ganondorf? I kind of want to die when I'm playing as that guy too. But the amount, like, it still might be Ganon. <laughs> it still might be Ganon. I have Just no because, fun playing as that character, but I have even less fun playing against. This is it. like a ne- this is like a negative like five to like negative five thousand difference. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It is. It's like it. It's a very sizable difference. It's probably, and I don't even hate fighting um, Mario that much these days. Like, and uh, yeah, I don't know. Falcon. I would. I will say Falcon is probably the the. It's, it might be Falcon. I really enjoy playing as Falcon. And these days, this is why I'm saying I'm losing to Nick M. Witt. I have no interest in trying to outplay him a single stock. It, it's just like, it's not going to be fun, regardless of the outcome. Um, I've it's already we'll, decided. We'll, we'll hack into his box or something. <laughs> yeah, and so it, defi- it definitely could be. could be Falcon is probably my my reasonable, interesting answer, because the rest of the characters are just like, too boring anyways where do you put marth on that 
I like playing Asmarth. I like playing against Marth. Falco? I like playing as and against. I, I like, so my favorite, my in this list, it was Fox and Falco are the most fun Fox matchups. Then Marth, Sheik, Peach. And this is in that order. Um, and it's really like, I, any top tier, just like me, I think this conversation is more interesting with good characters just cause it's like, even though, even though it's a hard, it harder to answer kind of, but yeah, it's Martha's all the good characters are fun. That's why melee is cool. True, 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 true. But it's not all about melee, right? We are uh, we are multifaceted human beings with interests outside the game. So that is why we come up to our next segment, the um, the unnamed segment, of course, known to fans uh, affectionately as Touching Grass. Zamu, you know Touching Grass. You were here before. This is where you drop God is Good. I will give you some some uh, time to think about what your Touching Grass segment is, but uh, I will go first to, to let you guys think. So it's been a little bit since we last got to speak to each other, and in that time, um, I've been listening to a lot of uh, white people playing guitar music, especially, uh, definitely an acoustic guitar. And this is a uh, thing that, um, is it a bit of my white guilt, possibly? But but uh, I've been getting very into not. I mean, I've I've listened to these bands for a long time, but I've been listening a lot recently to uh, Big Thief and Wilco, who I will say are better than just white band, and yet they feel like they're so white band. Uh, Zamu, I see that you are animated. I have a I have a very interesting Wilco story. Yes, give me your interesting I, Wilco story. I, um, I've been in his house. Oh. See, oh. Um, Jeff Tweedy. Jeff Tweedy. Yeah, been in his house. Seen, seen the Grammys on the wall. How? Is it because of his son? Um, no, it's because my mom went to elementary school with his wife. I think. Oh. Oh wow. And so that's that's my fun Wilco. Well. Story. I'll say this, if you're ever in there again, tell him that I like his solo album. I think the solo album's good. I think that if you like Wilco, you should listen to the solo album. But, yeah, I, it's like when you tell an actor you like their indie movie or whatever. Um, so, I, I have I been listening to a lot of Big Thief? Have I been listening to a lot of Wilco? Yes. Uh, and I will, I, I'm not going to use that as my touch of grass segment because there's something that I've done even more, and I swear these are not connected, uh, even though Wilco appears in the soundtrack of this an obnoxious amount um i watched the entirety of the bear in like a week uh it's the bear fx's show about uh, a restaurant in chicago did you um, like it? i do like it i, I it's actually this weird thing i took two years because i saw it when it came out and heard a lot about it and i was like oh i should watch this like the day it came out i was like i gotta watch this and uh i didn't have hulu and i'm old and technology has kind of progressed in a way where everything's pretty easy to watch for like a small price so I actually don't pirate anything. <laughs> like, I think I might have when I was, like, 17 or whatever. But uh, I ended up getting Hulu, and I decided to watch it. I think it's a very good show. I do think that it is kind of not really beating the nice core allegations, uh, even though I don't know if it's nice core. It's, it's got DNA of nice core. I think that you can make a compelling argument that Ted Lasso and The Bear are two very different shows that aren't as different as they might seem. Um, but, no, I had a very good time watching it. I would highly recommend it to anyone who... Who wants to watch it? I do think that the second season ended somewhat recently, so it might not be 
might be a little bit of a wait, especially with the writer's strike and the SAG strike before we get another season. But I think it was a very good show. Um, and uh, yeah, acting, acting amazing, very good writing, a lot of great character work. Uh, was very excited to uh, to see whatever comes out of that. And until then, uh, I also got access to HBO again. Uh, so I'm currently John Wilsoning How to with John Wilson. So uh, maybe that'll be my next Touching Grass segment. I'll just do all TV shows. This is like fucking. We had Jack Zill on. He just said, "Is this segment just what media you've been into recently?" It's kind and of funny for it to be like, "Yeah, my Touching Grass is I binged this whole show." Yeah, I barely went outside. No, I mean, fine. My Touching Grass. I went on a lot. I've been walking around my neighborhood recently. Awesome. This fucking really nice bird uh, sanctuary. That is really hard to get to for some reason because there is a uh, like a street that does not have side or a sidewalk on one side and not a sidewalk on the the way to get into the bird sanctuary and it also the way that the it's at the the bottom the nadir of a of a like a of a valley and you have really can't see what cars are coming so you kind of have to fucking hope that you don't get hit by a car to get into it but it's really beautiful. I went after a big rainstorm, uh, like two days before, uh, a big or two days after a big rainstorm happened. So there, uh, the creek was had a lot of water running through it. It was very nice to be in there. Fucking, I touched grass, and I also you also used the word nadir, which was very sick. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Well, what about you, Zama? Any nadirs for you? No, I I've not been not been touching much grass. But today I touched a lot of grass, and that was cool. I I've been rock climbing as mm-hmm. I do, even though I've been I I I've been doing a really bad job just because I've been like dealing with personal things, so I hadn't really been climbing much. Um, but I've started climbing again, which is awesome. And so today the climbing gym now opens at 10 a.m. on weekdays instead of noon. So I went around 10:30, climbed lifted then i went and got food went through the drive-through got my food take took it home and i'm at the stop sign right about to turn into my driveway um basically and the song sos by rihanna comes on and i'm like well banger i'm gonna keep i'm gonna i'm gonna drive around the block and and listen because i also got an oil change this morning this has been my most productive day in maybe months um, and so I, I was like, I will put extra, I'll drive a little extra. And then I'm going around the block. Last second, I decide instead of turning left, which would circle me back to my house, I'm like, I'm going to the park. I'm going to eat my food at the park. So I drove to the park, ate my food. And then I walked around. I took off my shoes, walked barefoot, took off my shirt and just like walked in circles around the park and called my dad and then when i got home i was still just like in a as i was saying earlier when i'm drunk or when i'm sober i'm just like how can i exercise so i went home and then i was like i'm going on a run and i will say so while i was at the park felt like 105 was like the heat index um which was honestly pretty comfortable with my like cup of ice from chick-fil-a and in um, but then I went home and went on a run with no, no water and running in that weather was, was, was not so good. Mm, um, you know, handshake emoji that, uh, I told you I've been going on a lot of walks. Usually around dusk though, when I went to the bird sanctuary that I mentioned, 
I was like, oh, it's a beautiful day. I should just go right now. Uh, was very hot. Was in the middle of the day. Didn't have water. Didn't put sunscreen on. That sucked. But I, I, I'm with you there. Well, very fun here. Oil change, always fun. And I'm about to go play basketball right after this. Damn. As soon Wait. as we as soon as we stop, I'm putting on shorts, taking off this dress, taking off this bra, and going to ball up. Damn camp ball in a bra. Interesting. Well, let's get you out of here quickly, Edwin. I'm sure you've been up to a lot recently. Festa, yeah, I festa, think, festa. yeah, I think the funny funny thing is with touching grass, I did quite a bit of that uh, overseas. The... Unfortunately, it was related to due to a melee <laughs> tournament. Mm. But but Sweden was but Sweden was uh, still pretty fun to be in. Uh, America's much better. It's the best country on on earth. Never yeah. uh, never betray the country. But dude, it was, Mo, it was nice. like, I saw Mo at Walla at four a.m. going crazy. He he's loved it so much. I. I they're, they're capping so much when they're like, oh, we like trains, so it's better. No, dude. I've seen all of the Europeans when Popeyes can deliver to your hotel room. Yeah, see all the Europeans when they enter a, tar- when they enter a really large Target. <laughs> then, we'll, then we'll see. Yeah, Super uh, Target? But, but yeah, it was it was nice being there. Uh, Grindo was beautiful. I went on a bunch of hikes, took a bunch of, took a bunch of photos. I've made some nice memories there. Stockholm was pretty interesting to be to be in. Also, I spent I spent a day or day and a half there. Um, Travel kind of walked around the city by myself. Uh, had some nice food. Uh, the Swedish love their coffee. They have very good co- very good coffee. That's one part of the trip that I, I remember quite fondly as well. Outside of obviously the tournament and festa itself, but yeah, it was it's always fun leaving uh, leaving America and just traveling to other countries and stuff. Uh, I used to do it a lot when I was younger. And uh, obviously, like because of Smash, I, I do it a bit more now. But uh, next year, next year, I kind of want to keep traveling because I'm gonna take this fall off from. I'm gonna take this fall off from going to a bunch of events just because I kind of have a bunch of personal obligations that came that came up during uh, during like Big House, and I've just been traveling every single month since uh, since since January actually. Come to think about it. So it'll be nice to kind of take a whole season off from traveling. But next year, I want to kind of get back in the swing and maybe even go somewhere as far as, like, Japan. We're sending you to Tuvalu. Twitch.tv. Twitch.tv. We're going to – you a GameCube and a GameCube controller. You're going to make a bunch of steel ride-ons out there. (laughs) Can you get – can you just, like, get a bunch of, like, website domains from there? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, get a lot of go go to their government. Yeah, and be like, maybe. I'm taking these. Yeah, that's a that's my touching grass segment, I guess. Very cool, very cool. Oh, I hope that uh, you get to do that. And I would love if it were on your own dime, not the melee stats dime. But we time will tell. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I I. I the, I want to see these pictures because I have seen nothing of your trip except for you saying that you want to talk to your dog and you telling me who's uh, who you saw in various states of undress. Um, anyway. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, this is a, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll mention it publicly. Why not? Yeah, this is, this is one thing I, I got to say that uh, the, I, you know, I've had a lot of fun making fun of the Europeans on, on the show, but one thing I, I gotta say, uh, uh, you know, it, it, I think it is admirable that you know in the environment. So what, there was a sauna at Festa, and I think it, I genuinely think it's very cool and admirable that there are many Smashers who are totally chill with just 
being naked in a hot, sweaty sauna with each other and walking around. I think that rocks. I'm super pro body positivity. I'm super pro comfort and you know camaraderie and everything. I just, you know, I, I was just not expecting that. I, I was not expecting that to be like a, a thing in the in Festa. And I just, you know, it says something about the culture which I'm coming from in America, and uh, and you know the, the culture over there, you know, across nationalities. And I genuinely think that's a very cool thing. It was not for me, but. I just uh, it was it was just something I noticed, yeah. And I'll always remember it. From- we'll get you, you in there one day. It. I'm sure. We'll get you in there one day, man. Festa 2026. You'll be in there in the nude, talking about uh, how you you destroyed, um, you know, uh, fucking Mr. Bobo Get or something. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, Zamu. Thank you so much for being on here. Let's make sure you get to your basketball. So um, I appreciate you being on the podcast. It seems like you have a very busy day, yet you still made it time. You also, uh, for the audio listeners, this is uh, Girl Month. <laughs> so you, yeah, and I yeah. actually was streaming right before this right before this podcast, and I did not feel like like shaving and doing my makeup and whatever. And so and I and I just like I've been work, work I've been working out all day, all day, and so I just like stream shirtless and you explicitly cannot be female presenting in any fashion on twitch um with your nipples showing so mm. if you want to see my my boy nipples you can see the pre- my previous twitch stream and i was saying during that stream how those were two words that i did not like saying in a row and i just did it again well Zamu, if people want to see your boy nipples, where can they do so? Twitch.tv slash Zamu underscore SSBM. Or more likely, reasonably, is Twitter.com slash Zamu underscore two. Um, maybe Twitter.com slash Zamu underscore SSBM too. Not two, but like also. That one will probably also have that. But yeah. And then, yeah. And shout out to Egg Dog. True. Shout out to Egg Dog. Well, thank you so much for being on. Always a wonderful time to have you on. And, uh, yeah, support this man. Girl Month is coming to an end soon. How is September looking for Girl Month? Are we there yet or no? No. No. Come on. Come We're on, gonna, people. I'll, I will just present pretty and looking good. It's a failure. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of institutional fail, failures in America, of course. Unless you at home want to give me a lot of money, then I will gladly dress like a girl for the next month. Exactly. I think one of the biggest failures that we're seeing is uh, no Girl Month continuing into September. If you want to make sure that Girl Month can continue, you can do so. Support uh, Zamu over Zamu underscore SSBM on Twitch. Follow on Twitter. It's a Zamu2 underscore No, follow two. me at Zamu underscore SSBM also <laughs> on Twitter. But if you want to see my boy nipples, then follow Zamu underscore 2 on Twitter. All right. Mr. Body Positivity over here is getting very uncomfortable, so I think we should uh, probably get out of here very quickly. Go follow him over there. You can look at his boy nipples. You can not. That is up to you. That is yours to decide. Uh, as for us, there are no boy nipples or girl nipples or non-binary nipples to speak of. But it's crazy. If you Neither follow of us, them have oh, nipples. <laughs> if you follow us 
over on uh, Twitter at Melee Stats Pod. We post uh, daily results. We post links to, to articles that we write. We post a lot of stuff over there. You can follow us there. MeleeStats.co is our website where we have articles out weekly, such as Monday Morning Marth and Wednes Melee. You can watch these episodes live on Twitch, twitch.tv slash MeleeStats. You can watch them as they air or after they air on YouTube under the Melee Stats archive, which uh, I don't generally do this, but uh, we are pretty close to a thousand subs on that, which I believe opens up uh, monetization for the second channel. Uh, very happy to keep doing these shows, and I'm sure that monetization on these episodes will not get us much, but as it stands right now, these are something that we don't have monetization for, so thought I'd just shout that out. Uh, if Hey, if you want to go to a channel that does have monetization, Melee Stats is our uh, long-form content. You can go rewatch all those great videos that we put out, and uh, if you love everything that we do and you just want to support us in the best way possible, patreon.com slash Melee Stats. Um, very happy to uh to get to talk to both of you i know that it's been a turbulent month for a lot of us uh edwin you worked a lot of the rankings then you went to sweden i worked a lot of the rankings then i went to SmashCon to work more zamu you have to shave a lot <laughs> i've had to shave a lot and i went to a, bu a bunch of tournaments and you went to a bunch of tournaments so i appreciate you both for being on um no what more fun way could you end uh a very fun month by uh, coming on here so i appreciate that and i appreciate you at home for watching we'll be back next week actually for real because i know i said this on our last episode and i lied but this one is real because i was sad because of the rankings it was very, it was a lot of work but there's rankings are done so i will keep my promise we will be back next week to talk about all the stuff that happened in shine to decide if zane just did kind of win number one or if uh if Lunar Dusk wins, what that means. So we will be back next week. Check us out then. Peace.